Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Remind me here, because this is the one thing I forget about the, 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 the playoff rounds. If someone gets hurt, how does that work? Like, say, for example, God forbid, DeGrom really does have a blood blister and he can't go on a, on, on a Sunday for whatever reason, right? If, he, if they need someone else to replace him, does he have to go on the IL technically? He misses like, a is- round, if I'm not mistaken. So if you put a guy in, and I think because it's only a three-game series, the Mets would probably not even feel the need to replace a guy on their roster. I think it's easier to hide that in a best-of-three series. While in a best-of-seven, you know, you lose a guy in game two, you're going to get that guy off the roster. But what ends up happening is to replace an injured player on a roster, you would lose them for the following round as well. So I don't think it really applies as much in this series because you probably can hide that. By the way, speaking of injuries, and I always think it's going to be in the back of our mind, and we heard about the blood blister with Jacob deGrom, I think there is a hesitation that some of us have wondering, is this the strategy that Buck is using that we I agree with and most of us agree with, or are they really concerned about an injury to deGrom? Because Buck did say the blood blister played a role in the decision. Not that it was a major role, not that he couldn't have started Friday, but when you have two great options like Scherzer and DeGrom, the tiebreaker could have been blood blister because Scherzer did say something interesting the other day. I've made it known to you, everyone who would listen, that Scherzer's ability to pitch on short rest is a factor on why I would give him the edge over DeGrom in game one of this series. You want to bring him back on short rest, uh, that opens up possibilities in the following round. Max has said, even though he doesn't feel compromised by the side issue, that maybe he won't be able to do as many crazy playoff things as he's done in the past. 
which is coming out of the bullpen on short rest. And I don't think the Mets necessarily, it's weird to say this about their bullpen because I think we would have said something very different a month ago, but performance matters. I don't think the Mets right now need to be desperate to use Max Scherzer out of the bullpen. Not yet. Now, maybe we'll feel differently in the league championship series, but I'm not there yet with him. I think with Scherzer and even with DeGrom, the option would be more, hey, can I bring him back on short rest? Can he come out, even if it's not a seven-inning performance, and give me five really good innings in a three-day rest situation? That's the thing that matters more to me than, hey, can Max come out of the bullpen and pitch the seventh inning on two days rest like he did a couple of years ago? Well, that's the that's the dream. That's like the we've seen it not firsthand exactly, but the year prior to the Mets going to the World Series where the Giants went and Bumgarner had this magical playoff run in him where he literally was like pitching almost every game it felt like. That's what you feel like you would like to get out of this Mets started pitching, but that's that's irresponsible nowadays. These guys are older. Again, DeGrom has been injured. He hasn't done short rest, so that that's impossible. I honestly, I just want him to start on short rest. I don't need him to come out of the bullpen on short rest. Well, and you know what else is very different that I think allows you right now to say, you know what, that isn't necessary? Edwin Diaz. You're talking about a guy who's had a historically good season. He had a 1.31 ERA. We saw Buck use him aggressively in the regular season to get five outs, to even get six outs. So I would ask this question. If Buck Showalter was willing to have Edwin Diaz get six outs in the regular season, what would he be willing to do Friday night at City Field? And what I mean by that is, let's say the Mets have a four to three lead and there's two outs and two on in the seventh inning and the batter is Juan Soto. Now, I know Joely Rodriguez has very good numbers against Juan Soto, but ask yourself something. Are you going to Joely Rodriguez, or are you saying, you know what, F this. I'm going to Edwin Diaz, and I'll worry about the eighth and ninth inning when I get there. And let's say he comes in, and he strikes out Juan Soto. And now it's the eighth inning. Soto just struck out to end the seventh, and now Edwin Diaz is pitching the eighth inning. And let's say he goes out there, pitches a one, two, three inning, but he throws 17 pitches. And now he's gotten four outs. And now the ninth inning is coming up. Aren't you saying, uh, you know what, Edwin? Go, go get me three more outs. Like, I know it may sound crazy to say, boy, you're going to ask Edwin Diaz to get seven outs. I don't think you're necessarily doing it in the moment, but you're saying, hey, game's on the line in the seventh inning. Let me go, let me go to my best reliever, let him go get a big out. And I'll figure things out as it goes on. And could it turn into a seven-out save for Edwin Diaz? It could. And maybe that's the crazy postseason stuff that the Mets can use from their bullpen as opposed to a 38-year-old Max Scherzer pitching the seventh inning on two days rest. And here's the truth about Scherzer out of the bullpen on short rest. There have been mixed results to it. It's not like he's come out every time and he's dominated. There's been mixed results. But between Adam Adovino, who as much as maybe we're nervous about him, Adam Adovino pitched 65 innings this season. He threw more innings than Edwin Diaz. He had a 2.06 ERA. Like Adam Adovino has earned the opportunity to come in and face Manny Machado with guys on base in the seventh or eighth inning. So I think between Diaz and between Adovino, and look, Lugo's had his up and down moments, but 
Seth Lugo's got real good numbers against Manny Machado. You have to look at these matchups. What do they actually mean? They may not mean anything. Manny Machado could go hit a three-run bomb off of them. Obviously, it's all on the table. But I think the Mets, much to our surprise, have a bullpen that's pitched well enough where I don't think the Grom and Scherzer need to be asked necessarily to do crazy stuff out of the pen. Starting on short rest, that's a little bit different. That's the thing that I think if this run continues, and obviously there's going to be no short rest in this series, this is just three games, but moving forward, yeah, it becomes an option. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully it's something that we really, really do need to discuss in the divisional series or the league championship series. But for now, I'll tell you this, man, they have as well-rested a bullpen as they could possibly have. Edwin Diaz barely pitched in September because when the Mets were winning, they were winning by a lot. And when they were losing, they were losing by a lot. Like, there just weren't that many opportunities for Edwin Diaz to come into games. So hopefully he's not flat, but it would not surprise me if Buck is asking Edwin Diaz to get a crazy amount of outs to win a game one, win a game two, or dare I say, win a game three. Dude, I'm sorry that that term should be erased from our our, our mind right now of Edwin Diaz and flat because coming into Atlanta, I know it wasn't a closing situation, but that that was a hostile environment, dude. That was the the, the lights went down. It, that that was actually a very sick and entertaining moment to have Edwin Diaz walk out in that type of fashion. Like I'm a UFC fan. That's how most fighters walk out to the cage. <laughs> is the lights go out? The 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 like some sort of crazy graphic or some kind of crazy thing like that happens. Music comes on. It's sick. Like this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Edwin Diaz, I'm not even going to think twice about it. He's ready. And like, I know he hasn't pitched much in September, but he's been lights out in every single scenario. I'm not, I'm not worried about him at all. I will say this, though. If he does go in the seventh inning, which I would go as early as the seventh inning with him, whether it's one out, two outs, zero outs, I have no problem pitching him back in the eighth, and the ninth will just figure it out. You're right. If Adam Adovito's still available, you go. You got to got to go him there, and I feel comfortable with that. And the other reason why I completely agree with you, and we've seen Buck do that, is you at least open up the possibility that your offense bombs. You know, Tim Hill in the eighth inning. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, you're going to a guy in the seventh inning, and, but you don't know what the score is going to be going to the top of the ninth inning. You give your offense an opportunity to break that game open. Obviously, game stays close. Yeah, you may ask Edwin Diaz to do something crazy and get seven or eight outs. Mariano Rivera, and I'm not comparing the two guys, obviously. Mariano Rivera is the greatest closer of all time. But Mariano Rivera was a great example of Joe Torre saying, okay, no more messing around. I'm going to Mariano Rivera. And more times than not, it obviously worked. The only time I could remember, and I'd have to look this up, that Mariano Rivera got more than six outs, because he got six outs a lot. The only time I think I ever remember him getting more than six outs was the Aaron Boone game. And that was not a safe situation, obviously. That was an extra inning game in which it just would never end. But I'm going to look this up because I do find it fascinating. Because we're talking about 
hey, could uh, Edwin Diaz get seven outs in a postseason game? Can he get an eight-out save? The greatest closer of them all, Mariano Rivera, if I'm not mistaken, and his postseason numbers are obviously absurd. We've all seen it. I mean, more guys have walked on the moon than hit home runs against Mariano Rivera in the postseason. But as often as he was asked to get, and I'm not going to include his first ever playoff appearance in game two with a 95 ALDS, because that was not Mariano Rivera. He was still a converted starting pitcher when he got 10 outs that day. So that one, I don't count. Starting in 1996, yeah, he got eight outs in 1996 right off the top. But this is before he was a closer, but still got eight outs in 1996. When he becomes closer in 1997, a four-out save, a four-out save, six outs, five outs, four outs, five outs, six outs, six outs, six outs. A lot of six-out saves. God, this guy's a freaking machine. Oh, my God. Routinely gets six-out saves. Ah, uh, yeah. That's the only one I see. Dude, that he, was he he had nine outs that game. Not 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 like, you know, two and a third. He had nine. Yeah. He had three innings. Three full three innings. full innings. Yeah, that was it. That was the only one. Three full innings in game seven of the Aaron Boone game. Three scoreless innings. And then goes out in game three of the World Series, six out save. The amount of six out saves he got is absurd, but was never asked to get seven outs. I think Buck does it with an eye on, I'll figure out the ninth inning if I get there. And if Diaz is economical and is dominating the way he has all season long, he definitely has the possibility to do it. Um, I do think that as Met fans in our DNA, there's a part of us that are scared of Edwin Diaz, that this is going to be the moment he completely falls apart, which, look, it can happen to anybody in the postseason, but I think Diaz has done so much this season and has been so dominant this season. And even when he has had his off nights, he has found a way to still get a save that he may break our heart ultimately, but Edwin Diaz has earned our trust. He has. And that gets me to this team. Where I'm so mixed going into this series is that, and I mentioned this the other day when we did our season recap, this season was a great season, or a very good season. I don't like to use great. A very good season. They won 101 games. They showed fight all season long. A lot of great comeback victories. Yet, what unfortunately defines them right now is they had a 10 and a half game lead. As absurd as I think the 10 and a half game example is, that's out there. That defines them. And they ultimately didn't win the division. And that's why they have to play in a wild card series. And they came up very, very small at the latter part of the year against teams they should beat, but really in the three game series against Atlanta. And so what I wrestle with and trying to figure out what's going to happen this weekend is one side of me says, F, this team won 101 games. They were down 7-1 to the Philadelphia Phillies. Look at all these great comebacks, all these great wins, all the time this team showed fight and camaraderie. This feels like a championship caliber team. Not a perfect team, but it feels like a championship caliber team. So that's the side of me that says it can't end here. Can't end in a three-game series against the Padres. It can't. But then the other side of me, the negative side of me, thinks about how I felt and how we all felt watching those three games in Atlanta. 
watching this offense fail to get big hits, watching this offense and its superstars fail to drive in runs and hit the ball over the freaking fence and watch all three starting pitchers who may pitch in this series fail. First, it was DeGrom. Then it was Scherzer. Then it was Bassett. And we were sitting there helplessly for nine and a half hours over three nights watching our baseball team lose to a team that we looked at and said, wow, they're better than us. Now, did the final numbers say they were better than us? The Mets and Braves won the same amount of games. The Braves won the season series by a game. I know what the numbers say. We all know what the numbers say. But when you sat there last weekend watching Mets Braves, did any of us think, oh, we're just as good as this team? No, we got our asses kicked. And the best players came up small, all of them, outside of Jeff McNeil. All of them came up small. And so that's the part of me that scares me. Because it wasn't six months ago where that happened. It wasn't a month ago when that happened. It was a week ago. A week to the day of Jacob DeGrom opening that series. We're all going to have our asses clenched, clenched, watching Mets Padres game one of the wild card series. A week later. That ain't a lot of time. So I'm not being negative. I know people think that. I just told you the positive about how good this team was this season. But it is fresh in my brain, just like it's fresh in everyone's brain, that they just came up so small in such a big spot. And so what I need and what you need is for the New York Mets to cleanse themselves quickly. And here's what I mean by that. Matt Scherzer pitches a 1-2-3 inning, and the Mets score five runs against Hugh Darvish in the bottom of the first inning. You do that, we'll be cleansed. You do that, our view will change. But the reason I'm so mixed, I'm not telling you the Mets are going to lose. I'm not telling you the Mets are going to win. I ain't in the freaking prediction business. We're in the analysis talk show host fan business. But right now, it is very difficult to have optimism. We'll be back after game two of the wild card series and after this series is over. You can listen to Beningo and I Saturday at 10 a.m. But right now my son is freaking out and he wants me. And the reason he's freaking out is because he's scared like I am about this series. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.